0: Our world started with a data explosion marked by an exponential growth in the volume, velocity, and variety of data being piped in and out of organizations. However, despite this new wealth in technology and data, businesses had never been so challenged to drive revenue growth, plagued by dark, siloed, unusable data rendering their go-to-market motions useless. Until one day, the most courageous data heroes took back control of their company's most valuable asset, transforming their customer data sets from a burden to a true system of insight, capable of automating sales motions, delivering personalized marketing programs at scale, and driving predictable revenue growth for their business. Welcome to the Data Heroes podcast powered
1: by Ringlead. All right. Welcome everybody to another version of Talk Data to Me. We've got a very special guest today with us. Brittany Young from McKesson, she is the marketing automation specialist and was crowned a marketo champion this year. Welcome.: Thank you. We'd like to kind of kick it off by just getting to know you personally and um, we'd like to understand you know what was your journey to becoming a data hero?
0: Yes, so I think my journey began probably about four or five years ago um, I had first kind of been introduced to Marketo, and um, at the time, the company I was at, we we kind of started or knew we needed um, Mar- Martech solutions like Marketo and all that. But I don't think anyone really thought about the data. So <laughs> as I started learning, you know how data flows, how it's architected, all of that. I quickly realized, like, whoa, data is really, really important. Um, and if we want to be able to, you know, do really cool things in our campaigns, we have to start paying more attention to it. And so, um, at that company, I I spent a lot of time really um, just helping everyone sort of see the mess um, initially um, to help them understand, like, this is something that has to become a priority if we want to scale this.
1: So along that journey, did you run into any dirty data disasters that you can share with us? Oh, God.
0: Yeah. So I think one of the uh, the first uh, disaster we ran into is we wanted to do a campaign using a little bit of personalization, uh, just putting the first name in an email. Well, <laughs> we quickly... Realized um, that there were all sorts of things put in that particular field, um, anything from maybe some some offensive names that you know sales might have used as as a nickname for that person, um, just all sorts of crazy junk and um, that's where we realized like, oh, this is a lot a much bigger project um, than we thought, and we weren't able to use any personalization. Um, at least not right away.
1: Yeah, you know, I I I see the nicknames and the, the you know the 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 funny inputs for you know what salespeople might call somebody. I, that's a that's a unique one. I think that's a good one. I, I a lot of the time I see um, you know email campaigns going out and they're shouting at me like all caps, John, yeah. and then just like why can't you just put that in proper case? <laughs> But we yeah even have so
0: like if you were deceased so that was um it was it was <laughs> really bad.
1: Yeah, we've we've dealt with that one as well, right? The decayed data of you know <laughs> either somebody deceased or moved to a new job, all that stuff, right? Um what well, what would you be doing if you were not a marketo champion or not in marketing ops?
0: Yeah, I think it would be either singing or cooking um i used to sing uh, a lot everyone back um who knew me growing up uh, growing up i i actually did audition for american idol um a couple of times and i used to sing competitively and church choir and all of that so i think either that or cooking because i i do love cooking
1: that's amazing I, um that is my first on the show. We never had an American Idol contestant before. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to meet anybody cool or was it, you know, a bigger production than we get to see on TV?
0: Yeah, I I didn't. It it is a much bigger production. There's um it it, it was still a fun experience. Uh my best friend got to uh go with me and, you know, we slept out on pavement in Pasadena, California at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) waiting. So um, it was thousands of people there, but it was was fun.
1: It's not a bad place to stay the night outside, you know, Southern California, you get to feel the nice heat all the way through the night. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have become a Marketo champion in the last 12 months, and that means a lot, especially to us who follow it. Um what made you decide to brand yourself around Marketo?
0: Yeah, so okay, I have to tell uh what I call my my love story with Marketo which um actually began long long time ago like 2011 I guess yeah about 10 years ago. Um I worked at a small digital agency and at the time I was tasked with um researching marketing automation vendors and at that time, that was something brand new. Like Nobody really knew what that was. So Marketo was new. Um, I think I had looked at... I think Eloqua was a thing then and you know, a couple of others. There wasn't many. But I remember Marketo was the one where I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> and I guess you could say that's where I fell in love with Marketo. But I didn't actually get an opportunity to be in Marketo until um about 2016 at a former company. And I I guess you could say maybe it was Love at First Sight. I don't know. I just I loved it. Um it, it was a lot of a lot of work to to learn and you know grow in it, but I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I, I myself I enjoy the community. I think that, you know, there's so many of you out there that are so willing to help people that have less knowledge in the space, or maybe haven't had as much time to learn the tool. And it seems like when I go through the community, I see an answer for just about every question. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to see that that community keeps growing and every year there's more champions and some, some of them are six or seven time champions, right? But like every year there's this new crop of, of people who are you know, springing up and and doing it not just to help their companies, but and themselves, but to help the community. Um, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about how the Marketo community might be different from some of the other, you know, help centers and and other marketing automation systems?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that the difference I see is both um, that community exists both online and offline. Because online, it's great. I love going to community to read, you know, discussion posts. There's a lot of people that answer and give um, you know, helpful information, but also the the user communities um yeah, that are all over the country. I'm I'm a part of the Dallas Marketo user group, and that probably has been the the most helpful for me, especially when I was first learning Marketo, just going to the meetings and being able to ask questions right there with people who are you know, some very advanced, um, and then some new like yourself. And everyone really helps each other. Nobody, you know, shames you because you didn't know something. <laughs> and um I, I think that's what has made such a difference to me with um, the Marketo community.
1: Yeah, I love the user groups. You know, we're active in New York, active in Boston, active California, you know, Dallas, they're all over. And Minneapolis has an amazing marketo user group as well um we love to travel around to those sponsor them speak at them um and not just to sell products but to really meet meet great people who are Mm like-minded
0: um
1: what are the some of the biggest data challenges that you guys that you've seen in in marketo like what are the biggest dirty data problems that can really throw a system off
0: I would say the challenge I face now, um, in the role I'm in is, is duplicates. That's probably our biggest one just because we're a very large company and we have a lot of databases ac- across the company. And, and sometimes, you know, you could be John who's in five different databases and there's been complexities in how that data gets into Marketo, it gets into Salesforce, it, you know, it could come from different places. So, just wrangling all of that has has been the biggest challenge i've seen so far
1: so when when there are duplicates in a marketo instance what are the negative effects you know obviously there are storage costs but like how does the business get impacted by you know dirty data
0: yeah i the, the biggest issue i've seen lately um where i've kind of been talking with some folks is just you know when it comes to doing a campaign um, how that data, the activity piece of how that data gets written to, you know, which of, of you within, you know, which database. That's, that's where I really see, um, how it could get really problematic. Cause we've had issues where, let's say you registered for a webinar and you had a duplicate record. Well, only one of you got updated that you registered for the webinar. So the other record, would get um, another reminder email for an event that you're already registered for.
1: I mean, that that's definitely can impact the brand's reputation. Um, but uh, 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 um, it also, you know, attribution as marketers, we're always trying to yes. show that like things that we're doing are, are, are working, right? And, you know, if you have Multiple records and and you're tagging attribution only one of them. It looks like you've got all these records that aren't converting and they're not engaging and mm-hmm. and and it's not just a brand reputation. It's like okay, well, why are five out of you know five, five out of ten leads not getting any attribution at all? And it's because mm-hmm. they just have a simple duplicate in the database, right? But there's also another matching challenge, right? Like you got a person database. And then in Salesforce, you have an account database. Mm -hmm. So, what are, you know, because those two systems don't necessarily speak well natively from the lead to the account, do you find that attribution is also impacted at the account level by not having the ability to link um, campaign history from leads that have no association to accounts?
0: Yeah, that that's definitely been a challenge. Um we we have a few ways that we've tried to um tackle that um using some other uh, kind of middleware and things like that to try to solve for, you know, being able to tie even if you are one person on five accounts, you know, being able to um give that attribution as one person so that we can get some reporting. But it's it's not easy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the biggest issue, we always we always like digital events, content, trade shows are my favorite. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've come back to, you know, a, a, a head of marketing or the board and, and they say, Hey, John, you guys spent, you know, six, seven figures in the last 12 months on trade shows and you don't show any attribution to revenue. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like I met... Fifteen companies at the booth that week that that ended up buying. What, what do you mean there's no attribution? And, and mm-hmm. when you dig deep into it, it says, "Well, this lead sitting over here is a lead. It doesn't <laughs> link up to the account." And then you know maybe that person who v- visited the booth went home and told an analyst to check mm-hmm. out your website. They submit a form, and all of a sudden right. the website's got the the opportunity you know detail. And 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 we got no attribution on the trade show. So uh, my biggest thing is like I just want to prove that all my channels are working. And there's no oh. way to prove those channels are working unless every single person in that database is linked to the account, right? Mm-hmm. So um, do you guys use any sort of attribution technologies today to help you to get an account visualization or or to better understand at a at a business level? Which contacts are actually engaging with your brand and, and through which channels?
0: Yeah, as of right now, we, we do do some um, kind of magic, if you will, <laughs> using Alteryx and Tableau to be able to somewhat get that view. But I definitely think that still is a, a challenge and something we're working to improve upon.
1: Yeah. Um, in, in your past, you know, it seems like these out-of-compliance emails are always hitting us as Marketo stewards, mm. right? And it's like, hey, your database is growing, your database is growing, your database mm-hmm. is growing. Um, and that should be a good thing, right? Um, but it seems like for me and, and other people in the, in this industry, it's like we're scared of growing that database because we're going to get hit with an email from <laughs> our marketing automation <laughs> provider to you know uh, pay more money. And it's one of those things where you know, like, there are techniques you can use within Marketo Native. um, And there are tools that you can use to dedupe and stuff. But do you have any ways to make sure you're wrangling, like, stale or inactive data? Like, what are your um, kind of techniques to remove data that shouldn't be sitting in in your storage in Marketo?
0: Yeah, right now, we we have a couple of processes that we do um, where... um, I think, I believe it's quarterly, we do opt-in campaigns. So we do try to keep on top of who's actually engaging with our emails. And if they're not engaging, um, you know, making that decision of whether or not we're we're going to keep them or remove them um, after a certain period of time has passed.
1: That's a good idea. Are there any, you know, uh standout personas that you are always following in the Marketo ecosystem that you think others should keep an eye out for their tips and tricks or content?
0: Um there's a few people I follow. Um oh gosh, that's such a that's such a hard question. Cause I, I would say maybe not so much people, because there's a lot that I follow, but right now. Where I kind of keep abreast of all of the latest tips and tricks is the Slack channels. There's, there's uh, a few marketing ops, um, Slack channels that I'm a part of. And it's kind of like all of the, the best of the best are are always there giving tips and tricks. Or if I post a question, you know, somebody will answer. And I I think that's where I, I really find, um, you know, the latest of what's happening with Marketo.
1: I love those Slack communities. What are some of the top marketing ops Slack communities that you follow?
0: Yeah, I'm in... Um, oh, gosh. I know their names similarly. That's why I was like... What, I don't want to miss say their, their names. The two that I'm... Mops Professionals and Marketing Ops Professionals.
1: I like those ones. I also... I'm also in MoPros. That's a, that's a fun one. Um, and, and a lot of... like They even have a CRM channel. Like whenever you go in these marketing ops uh, communities, there's always a CRM channel. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why does Marketo have? They got this beautiful email match duplicate algorithm, but when salespeople in, in Salesforce put data in and it syncs over to Marketo, it it bypasses that you know that duplicate match, and all of a sudden you see tens or hundreds of thousands of duplicates in your possible possible dupe smart list. It's like the biggest pain. I I wonder when they're going to, going to cure that problem.
0: Oh gosh, that'll, that'll be the day.
1: <laughs> you know, so for those of us that are new into Marketo, you know, there's a lot of new stuff that comes out all the time. And, and we want to attach yourself to something really meaningful. And there's a lot of different roles in Marketo along that life cycle of the engagement of a customer. And, you know, do you have any advice in terms of if you were, you know, new or you just got a position at a at a company and you want to make a big um, you know, a, a big influence, like what features functionality or strategies that are in Marketo would you kind of grab hold of?
0: Yeah, I think one that um one that I would suggest if you yeah, if you're really trying to make that impact is um kind of understanding how the whole lead life cycle works and being able to um partner with with sales. I, I've been in that position a couple of times where it was like, you know, we we knew we needed to email um and sales was like, you know, kind of doing their thing, but there was this disconnect. And I, I think that's like one of the biggest opportunities now um, with you know, for those who are just starting out is see if you see that hole within your organization, you know, be willing to step up and say, hey, like, how can we work together and actually build out um, a whole lead life cycle, what that would look like? Because a lot of times I think everyone kind of understands or has a general understanding of how it should work. But for those of us who are in MOPS that can really understand, um, the technology as well as the strategy, we, we can really bridge that gap for them.
1: Yeah. You know, speaking of kind of aligning sales and marketing, a lot of that happens with some of the the plays that marketing can, you know, put into the life cycle, right? Like, um, I heard uh, Scott Sutton. He's Mark. He's the RevOps uh, owner at ZoomInfo, and I heard him the other day say that he and the team have playbooks where, when um, leads turn into contacts with opportunities, um, they still engage. Right? They're still put. They help actually run plays that push those deals forward, so that mm-hmm. sales reps don't have to send so many emails. Especially new sales reps. Like you think about a fast growing company that's always hiring new people or a large organization like yours. And, you know, they're not always going to know what email to send next. Do you guys have any plays in your market, marketing ops organization that assist with pushing pipeline forward instead of just that, you know, generation of, of leads?
0: I think that's kind of where we're headed. We're not there yet and and a lot of that has to do with at least for us um, we we a lot of our business is more focused on our existing customer base, and so that's something that um, we're exploring now of being able to see, okay, we have these people that are already customers, you know what what additional ways can we um, help them and and serve them? And um, that is something that I'm I'm involved with with now, where we are pushing towards that um, way, especially with people that are existing contacts.
1: That's that's good. Another way to align sales and, and marketing is is through data alignment in terms of profiles, right? And if you guys are doing a lot of cross sell and upsell, it's still relevant uh, as well as on the new side. Like, what is your methodology to of using data to identify ideal? account, and then contact profiles?
0: Yeah, I think um, a lot of ours has to do with, um, um, I think uh, we've used a couple of tools, at least in the past, that have have helped us identify kind of those key accounts that um, we should focus on, uh, demand-based being um, one in particular. And I think that's really how we've been able to just, kind of analyze who who are our key accounts and um, what, where are the different groups we should focus on. We've also done some persona work in in the past um, to really understand who that ideal customer, you know, what it is they look like.
1: Uh, When you do persona work, do you, um, do you do your segmentation or your, your job title normalization in Marketo? And if so, you know, how do you, you know, how do you do that? Is it, just maintaining large libraries of values.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have done um, in the past based on uh, there was this was before I was here, but there was a big, I'm assuming manual effort <laughs> that went into play to basically take all the job titles in the database and roll those into um, you know the like our top 10 roles basically. Um, but, yeah, as far as I know that it was it was a very manual process to get to that
1: yeah well you know if if people want to tackle some of these data challenges, like I feel like we all know we have dirty data, right, and yeah. you know it's not like everyone has an unlimited budget for tools or teams and functionality so um do you have a methodology or um you know some some advice for people that are? in our shoes who want to clean their data to take that in, you know, that, that presentation or business case to an executive sponsor to get it approved. Like what are going to make the, what makes the people that end up signing the checks actually care about the data too?
0: Yeah, I okay, so this is where I I love to use data to make um those types of business cases. I I've been in that position a few times at different companies and really what what I had found is um actually just taking the data to to tell that story and um for example like how I gave um the personalization example that you know that campaign was a disaster um a lot of times just using real life examples um, and hopefully not in launch campaigns, but maybe, you know, before you launched it, you see how bad it is. Um, And being able to say like, Hey, like with that personalization example, we want to personalize emails with just like a first name, but we can't because, you know, I have a hundred thousand first names that are, you know, anything from, you know, doesn't work here or, you know, Um, His name has been changed to, you know, just crazy stuff. And um, I I think a lot of times when you have those real examples uh, to show them of like, okay, the dirty data, because of this dirty data, we can't do X, it it helps click the connection of like, oh, well, yeah, this is something we need to fix.
1: Yeah, we got to relate it back to something real, maybe revenue or conversion rates or really whatever the sponsor, you know, what their mind is is on at yeah. that point. I mean, you can literally shape data into any conversation. Um, you know, I think that you have been an amazing guest on our show and we'd love to have you back. But before we, we head off, are there any like parting words that you want to tell to the community of, of other aspiring data heroes or marketing automation specialists
0: um, always analyze your data that, cause I think sometimes we get so busy just being in, in the data itself, uh, you know, it, in a more like operational kind of, um, position. But like actually analyzing the data and how it's doing in the campaigns, like what's happening after, um, you've launched that campaign? How, how is your data actually doing? Um, I think that's something just don't forget that. <laughs>
1: And when you do that analysis, are are you in Tableau as well, or do you like use Marketo as in a way to analyze these 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 different success points? Um, do they are, are other marketing specialists going to have to learn, you know, a CDP environment or a BI tool? Is that part of the job?
0: I I use a little of both. Uh, Marketo, you know, I'm more comfortable in. So a lot of times it's it's easy for me to create reports in there. But I, I like to challenge myself to, to learn other tools as well. So I have been playing a lot more in Tableau um, and, you know, being able to use the different views and dashboards there.
1: Well, you guys heard it here first, right? Um, don't just stick to one tool. Become an expert, but you'll need to know others. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you address your your dirty data challenges, and uh, I'm guessing that if if somebody wanted to connect with you, that they could find you on LinkedIn or or one of these Slack communities, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. You'll find me as Brittany Young. It's with one T like Britney Spears. It's another fun fact.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that that that's your you know second career. Uh, we'll be rooting <laughs> for you on the next American Idol. And, um, you know, it was wonderful speaking with you today. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks, John.